This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Marnie Schwarzenberger, and Tyler Hewitt as Atticus face. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have escaped the falling elevator and achieved their primary objective. Atticus located Barthas Billingberg XII, while Valentine interrogated Glasgow Vicodin, getting the names of two more conspirators. Can our surviving heroes escape the facility? Find out in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Atticus, you burst back through the door um, in time to see uh, the back of Glasgow Vicodin's head blow out. Um, the uh, Inquisition has has uh, achieved its its objective. Um, Valentine is like he definitely just kind of like falls back onto his back at this point. This was kind of his last last hurrah uh, for the moment, um, but he's still still conscious. But uh, Ryan, I think it's safe to say at this point you're probably inoperable. Uh, for the most part, um, what's your health at right now, dude? Uh, seven, actually. Oh, so you're like Hardy and Hale, just like fucking fucked up tapped. by bad yeah, dice rolls. I mean, he's got like fucking a bum ass leg and one arm, so it's not like he's going to be leading a fucking charge. But uh, he's, I, he's okay. Well, then I'll say you're not you're not fully tapped. Then you're just like carry me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can, can you? Atticus, could you do me a favor and find something I could use as some sort of crutch? That would be excellent. Yes, sir. Uh, you may want to keep that as a gun arm instead of a crutch, sir. There's one uh, Inquisitor Barthus Billingberg the Twelfth on the other side of these doors, loading up a sloop. Sloop? Now, loading up a sloop for escape, sir. That is fantastic. People say the Emperor doesn't survive, but we're doing this for him, and clearly Marnie's sacrifice is appreciated. Uh, he'll just reach over and, like, pat down Glasgow. Does he have, like, a better gun <laughs> or something? Because um, I have a holdout last pistol that kind of stinks. Yeah, sure. We will say he's got... You've got a holdout? Basically, I have a compact last pistol, the equivalent of, like, a Derringer of the last pistol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's say uh, he's got a hell pistol. 
Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. No, we can't. It's a backpack weapon. Shit. Um, Do we just want to say bolt pistol? Because I already have the stats. Sure, we can. Or say I could, you know what? I'll you take my own fucking bolt pistol and my severed arm that's stuck in the fucking elevator. I'll do that. God damn it! <laughs> uh, I, no, I, no, no. I try to take his hell pistol. I yank it. It's stuck to a backpack, and I throw it aside. And just peel open my hand. And take back my own yeah, it's just that moment of like you, you try and pull it off, and it's like on a cord, and then you flip him over, and it's like drilled into his like lower back, and you're like, yeah. Of course. Get my own bolt pistol. I mean, are there any data slates or anything on this desk that we could just boost on the way out? I have a look. Yes. Uh, there's. Well, you've got like the bundle of docs from downstairs. We'll see. You get a few, a few more things, but no. Like you would have to hack his his stuff, and with the ship about to leave, probably not the best call. Yeah. No. Um, I will say though that um, uh, Atticus, as you quickly search, um, you do find um, in his. Uh, in his desk, um, there is um, an auto pistol, um, which is okay. if you I don't know if you need the stats for this, but I, I don't have those stats. Okay, uh, it's light damage five, crit four. Um, it has the specials uh, auto fire and inaccurate. This man was not prepared to fight in his room. Um, we died using an auto pistol. Hey, there we go. <laughs> uh, that said, um, he uh, he did have clearly a, a bit of a Scarface uh, sort of uh, hope going here in this this uh, this drawer. So you find the pistol, uh, and you also find um, a uh, an additional uh, hallucinogen grenade. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you also find a frag grenade. You count yourselves somewhat lucky that he went with the, uh, hallucinogen grenade and not the frag. Yeah. In the elevator. Kept Atticus from having to dive on top of it. Truly. All right. So new mission, uh, Eugene, if anything goes wrong, take the conversation we just recorded along with those names that are involved. There's uh, flare and transmitted to someone who'll do something fucking useful. Blast it on all the guard channels and just send it out into the universe if if we both die. Uh, otherwise, it's time for us to kill a crooked inquisitor. Here's what I'm thinking, Atticus. Let me know if you have any tactical notes. I'm thinking, drag me over to the door. Uh, you throw that frag grenade you just found, uh, then charge him with your shield and punch him, and I'll try to shoot him with bolt rounds uh, from where I lay in the doorway. That works for me, sir. My only other thought was sit you down right here at Vicodin's desk, sit you in the chair, give you a bit of a steady position. I go in there, scare him, you know, uh, uh, flush him out into this room where you can shoot him. Thought it might be an option. Appreciate the backup though, sir. I don't object either. I just don't know how you're going to scare him towards me. Oh, I can be quite intimidating, sir. I mean, won't you just scare him towards you as you're the only person blocking the escape in here? My intention is to run to the end. Run to where the ship is, sir. And charge and towards him from there. And that's the escape being blocked off, sir. Well, you're so crazy that I just might like it. All right, yes. You sneak out there, 
chase him towards here. If he doesn't run or attacks you, just kill him. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, and if you run him towards me, I'll start shooting. You'll probably freeze. Then you can chase him and punch him in the spine. Understood, sir. <laughs> Wait right here. And I'll like pick him up and like sit him down into like the executive chair, like spin him so he's like angled just right to that door kind of thing. He can just rest his hand, his gun hand, like on the desk. Yeah. And then he'll just get low to use the bulk for as much cover as he can and wait. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'll scoop up my riot shield, affix it to my arm. Um, and uh, uh, I'll have that frag grenade uh, ready as well. Figure that should be a good and scary kind of deterrent as well. <clears throat> cool. Uh, and with that, you're just charging the ship? Yeah, I'm just charging the ship with riot shield raised. Um, uh, and I, I scream, uh, for the emperor! And just come busting through that door. Uh, and uh, so you, you bash out the door, um, start your charge. And it's like, it, weirdly, it's almost like an athlete, like a football player taking the field. Like you've got to like run down this little tunnel and up on, onto the... Um, uh, onto the tarmac. Um, uh, Billingberg turns. Um, he uh, he's like um, uh, uh, basically like an Ed Harris type. Um, if he you know Ed Harris, if he had a little bit of weight on him, so just like a, a, a stocky Ed Harris. Um, and uh, he turns, um, and um, there's just a, a bit of a sense of like that that world weary, what now um, kind of vibe and. Uh, he just says, uh, I think you've got that wrong, son. That's my line. Um, and he reaches behind him uh, and draws out a uh, blue-tinged vibrating power sword uh, and then raises his bolt pistol and says, uh, if your master had truly wanted to be part of the Confederacy, he truly should have kept his operation somewhat safer. Fabius Bio will not fail us as he did. Now be a good lad and die. Um, and he opens fire. So, uh, Tyler, are you attempting to shoot as you run or are you just attempting to, like, riot shield? I'm running with the riot shield up and my arm cocked back. All right. So the Inquisitor opens fire as he charges. Uh, or I guess as he, he stands his ground. You're charging at him. He, he does that thing where he, like, because he's got his sword out, he begins to, like, step forward while firing in very much like a we see it in like gangster movies where someone just like walks forward firing a pistol. Sure. Um, so he is going to roll. What is your uh, what is your defense, sir? Your range defense. Four. Four. With the riot okay. shield. All right. Thank God for that riot shield. <laughs> All right. Second, please. I'm on the wrong stat block. Now I'm on the right stat block. Okay. So we got that, uh, and then. Sorry, you said one from the riot shield? Four from the riot four shield. Four from the riot so shield. Four total, total, right? Four total. One defense from my arm, like my armor that I'm wearing, uh, yep. and three from the riot shield. That is very good. Well done. I'm proud of you. Um, I'm going to spend a story point, I think, to jack his, uh, his dice up a bit here, um, which means that we are now sitting at two and two. Okay. Um, did you want to spend any to make the shots more difficult? Let's see how this first one goes to get a sense of how this, how desperate this fight is. Sure. 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 Dig that. Okie dokie and rolling. Two advantages, one triumph, two failures. 
What an odd spread. Truly. Um, okay, well, I'm going to spend the advantage to impose a setback on your next die roll, but I feel like um, he, yeah, yeah, okay, this makes sense. He opens fire, so he, like, he walks forward, it's just like, blam, blam, like, you know, the, the roar of the, the bolter. Uh, it hits hard. Like it, 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 you can feel like your bone bruising as these explosive shots um, blast off the riot shield. Um, and then you hear the telltale clicking of an empty clip. Uh, and uh, he just looks down and says, wasted too much on that fool Glasgow. Uh, and he throws the, the gun aside and just kind of like drops into a, a proper kind of like double handed grip on his, his sword stance and basically just like you know Qui-Gon gins it up next to his head and just kind of waits uh waits for you. Um but the good news is uh with his failures he is uh out of bullets. Um so uh, I'm gonna spend my triumph to give him a little boost on the sword but otherwise uh it's your your placer. Okay. <clears throat> Seeing him hold his ground um I'm going to uh change up the tactic a little bit still closing the distance uh, but I suck in a deep breath with my, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, just, they're called respirator lungs, uh, suck in a deep breath of clean air. And I throw the other, uh, hallucinogen grenade at him, but I continue to close the uh. distance anyway. Like I'm going to run into it as well. And if he wants to scrap, we can scrap in. <sighs> fucking yeah, man, that's a fucking cool play. I gotta, I got to do some fast math on hallucinogen grenades. Um, one moment, please. As I look that up, uh, that is fucking metal as hell. Good for you, sir. Hey, it's Dell. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Valentine Heresy. And if you are so inclined, we at Dum Dums and Dice have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dice. There's tiers from $1 to $25 a month, which gets you super cool stuff and also helps support creatives like us, uh, specifically us, you know, when doing this stuff. For just $1 a month, you can join our Discord, which is for patrons only, but you gain access to it forever. You can come hang out with us and talk about 40k and share your models and be super nerdy because honestly, we're all super nerdy there. So if you feel so inclined and would like to support the shows, come on over and join us. Uh, it's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. That's right. Just type it, type it in the search bar, uh, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. And we'll see you over there. Thanks. Okay, great. He unfortunately does not have anything to counter that. Doesn't have robot lungs. Does not have robot lungs. <laughs> not That's a man. When you don't grow up on a fucking radiation cancer planet, your lungs work fine and you don't need respirator lungs. <laughs> truly, truly. He is, he is fortune's fool this day. Um, all right. So yeah, he is, um, the grenade goes off and you see him uh, still like standing there dramatically with the sword and then just kind of gives like a, a faint sniff. Um, and uh, you again, just see that like world weary eye roll of just honestly. Uh, oh. um, and uh, I'm going to see how much resistance he puts up to this, but uh, it's not great for him. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yikes. Um, okay, and I'm rolling. Oh, Jesus. Four, four failure, two threats. He is, he is tripping balls. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he, is, uh, he, he looks and he, he just says, wait, how? No, no, it's, 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 it's impossible. No, I, 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 I killed you. I killed you years ago. Dad, um, as you uh, rush forward, um, cool. And then you're you're just plowing right in there for for fisticuffs. Yep. All right. Uh, I think it's safe to say, with the amount of failures and threats I rolled on my last two rolls, that you can just charge in there. I don't I don't think I get like a free swing or anything, given how deeply I've uh, <laughs> deeply stoned <laughs> shit the bed. Yeah, yeah. Just like <clears throat> truly, truly fucked the pooch on this one so go ahead and punch man punch like your hearts to your hearts get dead okay so three there three there that's the spread okay what's the difficulty on this this is just a straight melee so it's a straight melee okay yeah i believe it's three for melee i know it's no two two yeah um what's his defense tom Good question, Ryan. Um, his uh, defense is... I so rarely have character stats in front of me. It's so strange. Um, the defense is two. So that's two setback, right? Yeah, yes, that's how that works. Okay. I would like to use a story point to give Tyler a little bit of a blessing from the Emperor. They happen mm. in subtle, small ways. But what I will say is as he is charging... Uh, the glow of the emperor on his armor actually shines forth and almost lights the way, kind of giving a little bit of a flash through the smoke into the stoned eyes. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the, nice. the, the clouds break and a ray of, of sunshine hits the armor. Um, okay. Uh, and how does that... Uh, that's, that's, a, that's just upgrading a die, right? That, yep. Yeah, it turns yeah, a green okay. to a yellow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, I am ready to roll. Have at it, brother. Okay. Two successes, two advantage. It's tight, but we came out positive. Cool, man. So what is the damage on your power fist? I hesitate to ask. Damage a plus lot. two. <laughs> damage plus two. Damage on power fist is 16. Plus oh! two is 18. Oh! <laughs> Jesus. All right. So <laughs> all right. So what is what's the total there, man? One eight. 18 damage. 18 yeah. damage. <laughs> All right. Does it have any pierce there, Tyler? Uh, no, there's no piercing. Uh, there's breach, but that's for armor of vehicles. There is something. Um, oh, this might be fun, depending on the layout of what's behind him. Um, and there's something else. Special custom grips done. Sorry, folks. Dude, I, I just spent like five minutes looking up a grenade. You can take a minute or two to figure out exactly how many internal organs burst when you punch an Inquisitor with the power of the sun. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use two advantage to my, my two advantage to activate knockdown, uh, which knocks okay. the guy prone. All right. Um, which if he's like, if there's just like open air because we're at the top of a penthouse behind him, I wouldn't be mad at just swatting him up, like just backhanding him off the building. <laughs> um oh, okay. So fuck. He's such a cool character, but <laughs> um so yeah, as he um 
Here's the thing. I was going to put up a fight on that, except he's also suffering the effects of a hallucinogen grenade. So he's tripping balls and you just punched him with like a tremendous amount of fury. So like you can take the blow and like just like collapse in front of me, like prone in front of me. That's that's what I, but here's the thing. If he was in his right mind, I think that's what would happen. But I'm just like, I'm playing through the scenario in my head and he's like hopped up on a hallucinogen. So I don't think he's like, if it was, if he was in his right mind. Yeah. hundred percent. That's the play, right? You just like, you know, duck and cover and, and slide backward. But he also thinks you're his dad uh, and he's hallucinating and he got punched by a power fist on top of a roof. Um, So, yeah, you just uh, you you just with with uh, all of your fury. um, What do you uh, what do you yell as you you fucking backhand him off the roof? I ain't your dad's son, but I'm going to send you to meet him. (laughs) And with that, um, you crack uh, Billingberg um, so hard uh, the rosette around his his neck snaps um, and uh, cracks against the ground, shattering into um, from the force of your hit. And uh, he goes flying like up and off uh, the side of the building, uh, and uh, you just hear a classic ah! as he swings his fucking super cool power sword that I never got to fucking use. Um, uh. But um, you, you skid to a halt, uh, and uh, the servitors all kind of uh, turn in place and uh, stare at you. And uh, one of them says, "Awaiting inquisitorial orders." Continue. And I'm going to kick the hallucinogen grenade off, uh, instruct them to get back to work, and I'm going back for Inquisitor Valentine. They kind of look to each other, and one of them just says. Close enough for Imperium work. And then they just go back to fixing up the <laughs> ship. Um, you uh, you stride back in and uh, Valentine, at this point, you're just like, you know, like uh, your breath is coming ragged to you. The the pain is overwhelming. Uh, but uh, uh, an evil inquisitor does not enter. Uh, it is, in fact, Atticus Vis. I'm going to take a wild guess. He didn't run. He was uncompliant, sir. And I'll just leave it at that and scoop him up and then and, uh-huh. and bring him over to the to the ship. Amazing. Um so uh Valentine, you are you are hella relieved uh to see a, a Viper class uh on this this landing pad. Um with it, you will finally actually have the ability to travel uh, between systems uh in a a non-fleet capacity, which uh you you reckon will be uh rather useful. Um, the, uh, servitors almost seem relieved when they see you, uh, you get the sense that swapping one inquisitor for another is, uh, just fine by, by their programming for a robot. Um, a rosette is a rosette. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like there's uh yeah, they're, they're definitely, there, there's no just blip in their, their programming. Just be like, what? Oh, fine. Yes. Um, the ship itself is a, uh, a small vessel, but um, still of, of a decent size, larger than um, your, your previous ride uh, by a little bit. Um, it uh, it has the, uh, in a lot of ways, it looks like if you took a proper Imperial vessel uh, and then you didn't follow the washing instructions and just shrank it in the dryer. Um, so it's, it's small, it's lightweight, um, it's not uh, particularly well-armed, but it does have warp capacity and Valentine at this point that uh, that's, that's about all you, you care about. Atticus, you drag the, uh, the inquisitor uh, into the small ship and a number of servitors kind of stop what they're doing and uh, turn 
And immediately you can see them all scan uh, for the rosette, which I think Valentine at this point, you'd probably be kind of weakly holding up with your oh, yeah. other hand. Um, and uh, one of them just says inquisitor recognized. Um, and uh, one of them is clearly running your uh, rosettes uh, credentials through the, uh, through the system. Um, Ryan, what was the name of your inquisitor that you were assigned to? Ooh, I have that written down somewhere. Just a moment. Doug. Inquisitor, uh, Doug. Inquisitor uh, Wilhelm Roach. Nice. I like Doug. <laughs> um, they, uh, the servitors uh, say, um, Rosette accepted. Welcome back, Inquisitor Wilhelm Roach. And then suddenly, like, uh, there's like one of them like screams in in uh, sort of mechanical agony uh, as uh, it receives a file. Servitors live a bad life, um, and uh, just says, "Error, Inquisitor Wilhelm Roach died. Please, who are you?" I am Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, raised from the role of interrogator to full Inquisitor on the battlefield by Inquisitor Wilhelm Roach. Um, and the, uh, the servitors um, kind of run the numbers and they say, Error, Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, body recovered, reported dead. Incorrect. Um... Atticus, at this point, you kind of step forward and just kind of just slowly roll your fist. Um, yep. And uh, one of the ones from outside says, must be a mistake on our part. Welcome aboard, Inquisitor Valentine. For like the purposes of, and like, it's clear this thing is like desperately trying to find a way around its programming. It says, for the purposes of this vessel, this one requests that you name yourself Billingberg for input purposes. Agreed. Uh, for the purpose of this ship, I will be Inquisitor Lucius Valentine Billingberg the 13th. And suddenly all the rest of the servitors, like their shoulders drop two inches and they say, welcome back, Inquisitor Billingberg. <laughs> we must update our numerics. The 13th, welcome. Yes, this is good. All hail the emperor. And then they just go back to, to busy work. Uh, Valentine, uh, this is uh, as alarming as the uh, report of your death having been officially entered into record, as well as the reclamation of your body, which is somewhat concerning, is um, the fact remains that uh, through the use of uh, Roach's uh, rosette, and the pre-existing uh, somewhat clearly, like someone has clearly hacked these servitors at some point. This is not how servitors respond yeah. to things. Um, but, you know, if you're going to commit a uh, massive treason on a galactic scale, uh, you probably fuck with your servitors too. I mean, so, it makes sense if Billingberg was worried that he might get declared excommunicate at some point, he would need a way to jury rig his own systems. Exactly. So the good news is you have some wiggle room here. And as long as you use the Billingberg name for now, um, you, you have access to the ship. More importantly, um, as you make your way into the Viper class, one of the servitors like immediately comes out uh, with a with a wheelchair 
and like some another like a medical servitor comes out and immediately like injects you with uh, just a cocktail of drugs um and uh you can feel your your body relaxing you almost can't feel the pain in your leg or your arm as uh, as the drugs do their work luckily your conditioning works for this as well uh it's one of the ways you were always able to uh drink your uh fellow students under the table um commissioning your mind or conditioning your mind to uh survive the effects of poisons as well as uh injury and um uh, various other uh ailments um, you're wheeled into uh, the uh, the bridge area of of the ship, um, which is a um, think a uh, similar to a, a larger. Um, I guess you could almost say like uh, the Defiant from uh, Deep Space Nine, if you've seen that, where it's mm-hmm. it's uh, similar to a shuttle but just a little bit larger. Um, there is kind of a captain's chair uh, that Billingberg. Again, you can see his hand everywhere. He's clearly retrofitted uh, the the sloop for for his own purposes. Um, there's a command chair. There's a bunch of different consoles. It's not a massive ship by any stretch, but it's big enough that you have some room. You can actually carry crew if you need them. Uh, but more importantly, looking around, um, you can see that uh, Billingberg has clearly rigged the ship for deep space communication. Um, there are a number of, um, astropaths, uh, who kind of turn and there's just a moment where they all kind of like, look at you, realize you're not Billingberg and then just kind of like go back to their, their readings, uh, as they kind of, uh, look through tomes of various astropathic channels. Uh, astropaths don't have a particularly long, uh, life expectancy in the Imperial Navy. So you get the sense that they're just kind of like any minute they're alive is a good minute. So not going to ask too many questions. Um, but uh, you now have access to to deep space telecommunication. But perhaps more importantly, you have access to Billingberg's own chambers. Well, he knows where he's going. Uh, uh, well, first thing he's got to figure out, is there a fucking pilot that they can use to get the fuck out of here? Uh, yes, there is. Um, a uh, You walk in and there's... Um, uh, a man who would look perfectly at home in Necromunda, like, you know, big, like crazy goggles, um, just like uh, spikes of green hair. Um, and uh, he's uh, he's uh, sitting um, just like, in you know, feet up on the, the dash, um, looking uh, at a bottle of Amsec in one hand and a bottle of uh, uh, Vicodin in the other. Um, and uh, as you enter, he just throws the Vicodin over his shoulder and just says, <laughs> Ugh, swell. Um, and takes uh, just a good long drag of uh, AMSEC. It says, ah, slightly less swill. Um, as the uh, the bottle crashes, uh, he, uh, he kind of turns around and his eyes go wide. Um, and he just says, oh, in- Inquisitor, you look like a completely different person. Yes, congratulations on your new employ. Uh Everything's going to move forward smoothly. I'm another inquisitor. He was heretical, but you know, you'll be able to work off any penance just by working with me. This is Atticus. If you try to kill me, Atticus will kill you and everyone else on the ship. Okie dokie. Pleasure. Fair enough. Gentlemen, you've made an excellent point. I'm happy to enter myself into your employ. Honestly, you know, if I hang on and he like spits on his thumb and just rubs it across his uh, goggles, he said, oh, you know, I just had some gunk on my goggles. You know, that's on me. You're obviously the people I flew here with and obviously the people I'll be flying out with. Uh, uh, Now, uh, I know you already know my name because you hired me, uh, you know, all all the way back then. But uh, name's uh, Grimly Moody. Uh, uh, Grim to my friends. And 
<laughs> Honestly, welcome back aboard your ship, sir. Uh, and he just kind of scratches his head with uh, the top of the bottle and he points at you and says, you know, um, it's funny. Uh, you know, when I thought, you know, I had to like rub rub the gunk off my, my goggles, but it's funny. I think I got some in my, my brain too. Cause like, you know, you, you're clearly the same guy. Um, but I'm wondering if the same guy would want the same name for the ship or if he, you know, if maybe I got confused about what this fucking thing's called. So what's the name of our boat there, uh, Lord Inquisitor? Well, this ship would be known as. Hmm. Marnie's Song. Let's be tied together. A couple of friends lost along the way. It'll have lyrics. It'll have an alto. And it'll be at Marnie at its heart. Yeah, all right. Well, that works for me, of course. Uh, you know, it's uh, you have to forgive me. I think I have a, a, a typo uh, in here that I'll just have to correct. But, you know, that's easy enough to do. Well, welcome aboard, sir. Uh, I hope everything's to your liking. Uh, Mr. Viss, uh, of course, it's good to see you again. Trust me, I'm not going to do anything worth punching me over. But, you know, uh, it's good to know that's an option, right? Well, welcome aboard. Grim. And he'll give him like a big wink, like his friends call him Grim. Yeah. And he says, Oh, all right. All right. Honestly, I like uh you guys the same as I liked you before, maybe even more. Perfect. Definitely a bit more. The one um, thing I will tell you is if you're good to us, we will be incredibly good to you. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh no, of course. And you you have been to this point. I'm sure you'll honor the terms of our contract, uh, which uh I'll send along for you to review. I'll get one of the bots to drop it off. Listen, uh, Lord Inquisitor, I don't mean to uh, step out of school here, uh, but uh, with all due respect, uh, you kind of look like you got uh, chewed up in a power claw and like, you know, spat out the other side there. You, you, you The droids probably gave you one of the cocktails on the way in, but uh, we got a fully stocked med bay, as you'll remember, of course, from our previous escapades. But uh, make sure to go back there and get uh, get patched up when you're ready, eh? Wonderful. I'll patch my data slate into the system and get them to fix me up while I do some light reading. I might suggest sending us towards this uh, system's Mandeville point. I don't think we're going to be tremendously welcome here in the coming minutes. Uh, yeah, that's fair. You know, uh, you said that before you left, too. So this is a real easy one for me. I already got the coordinates punched in, uh, just like you asked. Uh, all right. Well, you guys go strap in, make yourselves at home in your homes, uh, and uh, I'll... Uh, he like takes a like a long like bottle ending swig of, of the MSEC and just kind of like places it next to three other empty bottles on the the dash and says, "I'll uh, I'll get us out of here." Hmm? Wonderful, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, and then I think Valentine, because he does not have the ability to be crafty any further, having made clumsy threats and a weird promise, uh, information and a hospital sound great. Great. Um, so with that, um, you, you leave Grimly Moody and uh, the, the astropaths uh, to uh, plotting a, a course uh, off planet. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, you're heading to Billingberg's quarters? Or the yeah, Mandalay. unless there's some way to like access Billingberg's data set that he'd have in his quarters on his slate, which he probably has to do from that room. So yeah, I mean, realistically, like you're you're taking off or we're moving off planet, so you, right. you can do these things in, in turn. Uh, Atticus, what would you be doing aboard uh, the Marnie song? He's going to sit right down in that co-pilot seat and get uncomfortably close to the pilot and make sure he doesn't do anything to double cross us. Good man. Um, yeah. So um, uh, Grim seems to be uh, on it 
um, you know, it's it's old hat. It's a lot of that like Han Solo flying, where it's just like flicking switches kind of absently. Um, but when he realizes you're not going away and that you're kind of uncomfortably close, uh, he says, uh, "Yeah, so uh, you ever you ever fly before?" I not, I've not done the flying myself. No, well, I was brought from you know one planet to another a couple times. Yeah, a lot of time here on Vicodin. Happy to see some new sights. Yeah, great. I, I mean, uh, we weren't here long, but this planet kind of sucks. Uh, I got to tell you, their booze is garbage. But uh, all right, well, I'll tell you what. Once we get up there, uh, I'll hand the stick over to you. You want to take the helm for a little bit? You can. Uh, you know, let's get out there. Let's go see the verse, shall we? That sounds great, Grim. Why don't you do the driving? And I'll sit right here. And. And like he, he he swallows hard and says, uh, "More the merrier." Yeah, and he just like is like keeps darting like glances at your power fist. Yeah, I'll put my like my feet up on like the dash, just like as he's like getting ready to like take it out and be like just <laughs> weird innocuous questions to like make him uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, you're a ladies' yeah. man. <laughs> Sorry, are you a ladies' man, Grim? <laughs> I mean, any port in a storm, my man, uh, ladies, dudes, servitors occasionally, if they're programmed that way, you know. Uh, what, what, oh, is what? that why these things are all fucked up? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. no, no. That was our friend. No, no, wizard. no. It's all right, Grim. It's all right. Your secret's yeah. safe with me. <laughs> uh, and she just like, it's, you could just, you watch the moment that the cool guy who's who's like, you know, the cool kid on the ship cool ace. realizes someone cooler has just moved in. And it's like, he just shrinks down a bit. Like his, his spiked hair almost like wilts. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay, taking us out. Um, meanwhile, uh, as the uh, the ship takes off, um, uh, Valentine, you, you're taking to the med bay. You get kind of like a... Um, uh, the, the the servitors there take a quick look at kind of like what they're what they're dealing with, um, and uh, kind of like um, put an impromptu cast on your leg. Um, they you know um, obviously like cap off your your arm for now, um, and basically uh, the the operation will happen soon. But I imagine you'd probably go look at the records before you yeah get the full- yeah. He needs to know where they're headed next before he goes under for anything. Yeah. So um, you uh, you make your way back out, and uh, you you see Atticus palling around with uh, with Moody up in the uh, the cockpit. Um, you see the servitors going about their business. Honestly, it's kind of a relief to just be on a on a fully manned ship uh, compared to like weird tourist vessels and other such things. Um, Billingberg's quarters are uh, are very Spartan. Um, there's you know, room for his sword, for his cloak, um, but, uh, you know, a, a couple of texts. But you can tell that his paranoia expanded beyond just rewiring the servitors to keeping no records of, you know, the conspiracy in easy, easy to find places. Um, that said, um, he also clearly did not intend to be boarded. And this seemed to be a brief, like they were up at the orbital station, came down and he was planning to leave soon. So getting into his uh, his server is not hard. Um, he clearly kind of expected he would be the only one here. Um, as uh, your data slate continues to work, um, uh, a world uh, opens up to you, Valentine. It would seem that Billingberg uh, 
knowing the the width and breadth of the Confederacy and what they were attempting and the uh, lengths to which they would need to go in order to properly mount an assault on Terra, uh, has a number of, of operations in the works, uh, a, a number of agents uh, throughout the galaxy. And uh, a quick glance suggests that uh, not unlike what you've been doing, he clearly has been using the uh, inquisitorial authority uh, of the station and the power of the rosette to lay the groundwork for a number of different contingencies and operations throughout the galaxy. Um, That said, um, you are immediately struck by a rather concerning uh, message uh, that's waiting for him. Um, it would seem that in the time between uh, the murder of Vicodin and uh, the murder of Billingberg by Atticus, uh, he both sent and received a message. Um, the coding isn't hard for Eugene to crack uh, when he's he's going to work on it. Um, and uh, you uh, see the words, uh, Vicodin is out. May all the gods help us contact Fabius Bile. We require the new men, uh, along with um, coordinates uh, pretty much on the other side of the galaxy. Next to those coordinates uh, is an open file, a file containing names, professions, contacts. It would seem Billingberg has sleeper cells throughout the galaxy. Now, a small grin begins to spread across your face. Because the beautiful thing about a paranoid inquisitor is the odds that all of these cells have no idea who they're working for or who they're getting orders from are very high. And with Eldar, Orc, and a space marine now on the list of uh, Confederates, chances are you're not going to be able to attend to all of these things personally. But you've got astropaths. You've got warp capability, and you now have a galaxy full of agents, some useful, some useless, at your disposal. In the immediate sense, uh, Billingberg would no doubt have a base, and if you have access to his ship, odds are you can get access to his base. It is some distance from here. Uh, You get the reports from the astropaths, uh, from Moody. Um, There is going to be some travel time involved. Uh, which kind of sucks, but again, with your now deep space transmission capability, you won't be cut off. It won't be like traveling out of system previously for you. So you've got some time on your hands. Uh, and more importantly, you now have cat's paws essentially across the galaxy that you can activate if you so desire. Um, what do you do? Well... I desire. So the 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 first answer would be some research uh, <laughs> into exactly what the fuck is going on with Bile, the system that's being sent to, all that kind of things. Uh, and then I think he'd probably look for the closest solid asset. I don't think he wants to send like the yeah. chaff after this because if it's that far away, he's never going to get there himself. So he needs kind of like a stronger strike team in that area to just send and uh, like with all the code he's got, it's just like new men, new man, question mark, bile, question mark. And then just like, stop them. Uh, it's kind of like the full spread of what he has, uh, probably including some sort of statement about it being to protect the emperor 
uh, to give them like an idea of stakes. And then he probably just fired that off to that. Yeah. Team. I think in your, in your research, um, it would seem that uh, with the loss of Vicodin's resources and with the loss of his uh, like vast array of resources, that the ability to hire mercs has has disappeared. So um, the records do seem to indicate, uh, and again, it's all very coded, um, but that uh, there there was uh, the potential to involve uh, Fabius Bile, the uh, the agent of chaos in the confederacy and it was voted down again there's very you're just piecing this together from what you've got but there was a lot of like do we really want this guy on the team he's a loose cannon we'd rather take new money controllable idiot vicodin you realize vicodin was like definitely the, the bottom man on the ladder um but yes there's only indication of of one new man uh which admittedly is very concerning and a lot um but basically kind of like Bile has promised us that he can provide dot, dot, dot. May we hope he provides. So it could be one, could be several. You're not sure, but like, it seems to indicate like there's a guy somewhere. So I think it's safe to say that you can direct the, the, the hit squad to that. Yeah. I think he'd send the hit squad and then be like further updates to come kind of thing. You know, just yep. hit that. Like I'll send you more when I've got it, but get fucking moving, <laughs> hit, the, right. hit the gas and load the fucking guns. And I think uh, um, having sent that, um, there are a number of other sort of leads throughout the galaxy that can be followed up on. Um, so you begin to send out more messages as as the days go on. Um, what uh, do you get, um, I imagine, robotic hand? Yeah, I doubt they'd have a cloning facility on here. So it'd just be like what they got worse. Sure. Yeah. So you've got kind of like a... It's very much like a Luke Skywalker without his glove on hand, where it's just like the the, the metallic fingers uh, under under a heavy glove. Um, they're able to repair your leg. Um, it'll always ache a bit uh, in in intemperate weather, but um, mm. generally speaking, it's it's uh, serviceable. Um, Atticus, uh, you you make buds with all of the the astropaths. You basically become like the king of the bridge uh, as time goes on. Um, <laughs> Uh, Moody is a, uh, a very capable pilot, uh, but clearly, uh, everyone has kind of, his shtick has run dry because it's very performative and very like, haha, look how great I am, whereas Atticus just is. So everyone on board is just kind of like, this, this guy gets it. Like, this is nice. Um, so you, you feel quite at home. Uh, and more importantly for you, Atticus, everyone on this ship just does their fucking job to the nth degree it is Just a well-oiled machine everyone is doing their job um you uh you settle back in, into your chair i think knowing uh knowing some loss uh the loss of marnie uh obviously a, a large one um you are unsure what the fate of the planet will be uh you know there were good people uh down there as well but from the sounds of, of what uh, Valentine was saying, odds are not a full purge, just like a most purge. So there, there's some chance that uh, the good will survive. But none of that matters if the Emperor dies. So you're you're on your way uh, with with your holy mission. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll he'll take out a postcard that he stole. He just nabbed from the gift shop, and he'll look at it and kind of think about Marnie, and then he'll feel some solace in like good people and bad people 
all die for the emperor. Fair enough. And I think you just wedge it into like the the edge of the, the uh, viewport. So yep. it's just uh, just there as a, as a memento. Um, and uh, as uh, you begin to make your way to Billingberg's base and to kind of a, a base of operations for you, perhaps more answers about the Confederacy, uh, slowly but surely, Valentine, uh, your your orders and your message begins to spread. And with it, spreads the Valentine heresy as one by one systems, people, and agents become infected by the word of the most cheerful heretic to walk the galaxy. And one in particular, here's the word, following a small blinking tracking beacon that, uh, Inquisitor has yet to discover in his pocket. Alto's glowing red eyes stare up, up, up as the small ship burns away. And a grin spreads across the grim face of Haldron Blackhand, who lowers the hand he installed the head into and looks at it. He says, well, new friends, I think we know where he's going next. Let's make sure we go greet him, shall we? And the snarling, ravenous lyric chained to his leg merely howls with the rage of a chaos monster. Haldron smiles, steps into the modified red orc ship, pushes the dead pilot aside, cracks his knuckles, says, let's go find our friends. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Vase. Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Marnie Schwarzenberger. And our Game Master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Great Dane, 
A. Cricks, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imagining. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but greater horror awaits them when they arrive. For they are not just running away from mortal danger, but towards the Mythos Mysteries. Whoever you are, we're not scared of you. You hear a voice from inside that says, Please, help. I'm inside the dresser, help. Now I need you to listen to my very explicit instructions here, Adrian. Okay. Please ready your punching fists. Yeah, they're always ready. Now I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to open the door. Okay. And we're going to look inside the dresser. What if we don't? Could we not? (laughs) I need you to be brave for me. Okay. You were always very brave. Okay. Okay. So we're going to open the door and you're going to look in the dresser. And then what? And then if I tell you to. Yeah. We're going to punch it. The dresser? (laughs) (laughs) You said I had to be very. You said explicit. If there is someone in the dresser. I'm punching. We're going to punch him. What if it's a ghost? Well, then we're going to have ourselves a fun time. Like a party? (laughs) Like a birthday party. Okay, so we'll do some dancing and there will be a cake. Hopefully the yes. ghost brought it. Yes. Okay, I can do this. Okay. I'm going to open the door now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to open the door. You open the door and the dresser is back upright. All the drawers are back inside. But now it is next to the window and the bed is in a different corner. Of course it is. And the blood is pooling on the floor instead of the ceiling. It's dripping up. The Mythos Mysteries. Episodes are available now.